Let's start in verse 6. Philippians 4 and verse 6. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God that which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I'm going to read that one more time just because you need to hear it one more time. It says, Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And notice what will happen when you do that. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Can I get amen this morning? So today, if you're taking notes, the title of my message is Anxious for Nothing. Anxious for Nothing. Anxious for Nothing. That's what we want to talk about this morning. Uh, like I said, we're going to continue our series about hope, and uh, we've been talking about hope on Sunday morning, and the, uh, the focus of this message series is, God said three things, for hope, for help, and for healing to happen in your life. How many agree with that this morning? You want hope, help, and healing to happen through this series. So like we said, we're going to talk about anxious for nothing. So uh, let's turn over to another scripture as we get started, Proverbs 12. Proverbs 12 and verse 25. Actually, we're going to read it. I think it's up here. It's got to be up here in a second. Proverbs 12, 25. There we go. It says, this is an interesting verse. It says, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. Come on now, somebody. But a good word makes it glad. But notice, this is written thousands of years before they had doctors to diagnose how anxiety and depression go together. And God said it all these years ago in Proverbs 12.25 because anxiety and depression do go together. Uh, it went together in my life. And most people, they deal with multiple things that go on. And notice it says, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. When you're anxious, it ultimately will cause depression. And notice it says, but a good word makes it glad. A good word makes it glad. And that's what this message is all about. Because the best word you can get is the word of God. And that's why we're talking out of the Word of God. We're not just giving you opinions. We're not just giving you what a psychologist would say. We are giving you the words of God. And so that's why you could come in anxious and depressed, but notice a good word makes it glad. I love this. Other translations say this. goes on and says that an encouraging, cheerful word will pick you up. An encouraging, cheerful word will pick you up. So that means you could come in one way and leave a different way. Come on now, somebody. You could come into church. You could come into this place this morning dealing with anxiety and depression. But it says a good word will make you glad. A good word, a word from God will bring you encouragement, will bring you cheer. And it says will pick you up. That's what the Word of God can do. And I'm believing that's what's going to happen today. Like it says, a good word, an encouraging word, a word from God will pick you up and make you glad when you're not. That's what the Word of God can do for you. And so that's what I'm believing is going to happen, uh, not just in the series, but today specifically, that even though we have come in and some of you could be dealing with anxiety or depression, worry, fear, but we're going to get into the word of God and the encouragement and cheer and a good word from God will pick us up and leave us different from the way we came in this morning. Will leave us going out in a different way with hope instead of fear, with hope instead of anxiety. Come on now, with peace instead of worry, with joy instead of depression. That's what the word of God can do for you. There's power in the word of God. And so we realize that even though we could have anxiety and depression, there is hope because a good word from God, an encouraging word, will pick us up and make us glad. Can change our perspective, can change how we feel, can change what we think. I'm preaching 110 times better than anybody saying anything. You're going to have to pick up the energy level a little bit this morning. Now, I said this last week. Uh, I come in on 10 always, always. I'm on 10. Now, if you're on one and I'm on 10, this is not going to work. So you're going to need to raise your level of expectation and raise your energy level this morning. And I didn't even drink any coffee either. No Red Bull, no coffee. This is just the way I am. Agreed? We're going to raise the energy level in here. All right. We can be energetic on Saturday night when UofL is playing Clemson, but hello on Sunday morning. All right. Didn't mean to go to meddling, but that's the truth. 
Come on now, you know it's the truth. You get excited about stuff all week long. Don't act like you're all serious and sad when you come to church on Sunday morning. All right, that's free. You probably are doing a little bit of mourning because U of L lost last night, but sorry. I was rooting for them, so we're all in the same boat for it. I was rooting for them, but they, they lost. I'm sorry. So let's uh, look over at Philippians 4 and verse 6. Philippians 4 and verse 6 again. And before we read that one more time, I'm going to um, share a couple things with you as an introduction to uh, what we're going to talk about. Um, first of all, just a quick definition of anxiety. Anxiety is a feeling of worry, nervousness, unease, typically about an event or something with an uncertain outcome. Notice that anxiety, definition here, a feeling of worry, nervousness, unease, typically about an event or something with an uncertain outcome. Now, you have to be honest in here. Every person in this room fits that description at least one time in your life, fits that definition. There has been at least one time in your life that you have been in this category. Now, today when we talk about anxiety, now anxiety and worry are pretty much the same thing. So if we say worry or anxiety, different scriptures say it differently, but it all means the same thing. And so when we get into this, sometimes it might say worry, anxiety, but it's the same feeling, it's the same emotion, it's the same uh, thing you experience of Notice unease, nervousness, worry, anxiety, typically about an event or something with an uncertain outcome, which is ultimately the root of that is fear. Um, And that's why you feel anxious, because you don't know what's going to happen, or you you think something bad's going to happen, and nothing has actually happened yet, but you think something bad's going to happen. And so there's fear that comes with it. You know, fear's not from God. Fear's not from God. Worry is not from God. Anxiety is not from God. Depression is not from God. God's not trying to teach you something by making you feel a certain way. That's from the enemy. And so as we get into this, uh, one of the first things we need to realize is this, and uh, I know Dad has talked about this many times when he talks about healing, but physically, your body is not able to deal with worry. Your body was not intended to handle worry. Um... God never made you to deal with anxiety or depression or worry. It takes a toll on your body. And that's why there's so many physical issues. The root of it is worry, anxiety, stress. Now, the Bible said that thousands of years ago, but you know, any good doctor, any good good, uh, nurse will tell you that a lot of the physical issues you have, the root of it is stress and anxiety-related issues. And it comes out, notice in your physical body, even though it's something that's in your mind, in your emotions, it comes out physically because it's all connected. You are a spirit, soul, and body, and it's all interconnected. So if one's out of whack, the rest of your system will will turn and will change and it will suffer because one part of you is hurting. So we see that physical symptoms, a lot of times, the root of it is anxiety and depression. That's the root of it. A lot of the things we deal with come from fear, worry. You know, this is a, a statistics, and I've, uh, I've looked this up from several different places, but they say over 80% of people that go to the doctor, the root of the issue is not a disease, it's worry, stress, and anxiety. 80%. Of people that go to the doctor, go to the emergency room for situations they have, the root of the issue is not that they're really sick, is not that they really have some crazy disease. The root of the issue is ultimately caused by anxiety, stress, worry, fear. God didn't intend our bodies to handle it, and it's proven our bodies can't handle it. That's why we have so many physical issues. That's why we have so many situations that happen. That's why there's hospitals full all over this state, in southern Indiana, in Louisville. All the hospitals are full of people that are hurting and in pain. And a lot of those people, the root of that issue is worry, stress, and anxiety. Notice, but it starts in the mind because it's all connected. It starts in the soul. If your soul is sick, eventually your body will be sick. If your mind is sick, eventually your body will be sick. 
If your heart is sick, eventually your body will be sick. Because your heart and your soul is where your life is. And out of it flows the issues of life. And so if it's unwell, then eventually it's going to come out in your body. And you wonder why you're dealing with physical issues. It's because the root of it is your soul is sick. And you haven't dealt with it. And you haven't dealt with the issues of anxiety and fear or your thoughts or your mind. And so we need to understand this, that for all of us in here, God didn't design for you to live worry, anxious, stress. He didn't design for your body to to live that way. He designed for you to live in peace, in joy, in contentment, in health. And notice, even natural science has proven that our bodies cannot withstand anxiety, depression. And you know what? God wishes above everything else, he It says in the word of God that he wills above everything else that you prosper and be in health even as your, notice, soul prospers. Why? Because if your soul's not prosperous and healthy, your body won't be also. Are you guys getting something this morning? And so my heart is that you guys are healthy, not just spiritually, but in your soul and in your body. And I know for myself, the physical issues I've dealt with all have come from anxiety and depression. Not because I ever had a disease, not because I ever had a real issue. Every time I went to the, the doctor, it's always been stress, anxiety-related issues. Whether that was stomach issues, whether that was a couple times I felt like I was having a heart attack, my heart's fine. Now, why did I have those symptoms? They ultimately come from anxiety and worry. It wasn't a physical issue with my heart. Headaches, back pain, All that is related ultimately to anxiety and depression. So if we can get to the root of the issue, the other things will clear up. And that's what God, he wants us to live healthy and whole, not just spiritually, but physically, emotionally, mentally, and every other way. He wants us to live healthy and whole and sound lives. So we've got to get to the root of the issue. So let's read it in Philippians 4 and verse 6. Philippians 4 and verse 6, and we're going to read from the New King James Version. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And notice the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. So it says, Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Now, I want to talk about that word anxious. I want to talk about the word anxious for a moment here. Now, uh, we don't always get into uh, the original meaning of words on Sunday mornings because we don't have time. You know, you just need to learn English, first of all, before we get into Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic. Um, But sometimes it's good to go into the original language because it shows you really the real meaning, and it's a lot broader usually than what the English uses. Now, We think, because we live in 2016 in the United States of America, that we actually are smart and intelligent compared to the people that lived in Bible times. But actually, their languages were far more advanced than the English language. English sounds dumb and redneck and hick compared to Greek and Hebrew. To be honest, that's the truth. So if you actually study the Greek and Hebrew languages, they're far more advanced than American English. And so... Let's understand what this word anxious means. So in the English, it says anxious. But in the original language, there's so much in it. It's actually a a Greek word, um, and it says this. Forgive my pronunciation, but this is the best I can do. Uh, It says marinate is the Greek word for anxious, marinate. And it it means a lot of different things if you look in in some Greek uh, definitions of it. One of the definitions of this word marinate means to be pulled in different directions. Pulled in different directions. When you're anxious, you're being pulled in different directions. When we deal with anxiety and depression, notice we have fear trying to pull us one way and hope trying to pull us the other way. And when we allow that to happen and we're just in the middle, that's what our life is like. We're dealing with anxiety because we're not really in hope, but we're not really in fear. We're kind of caught in the middle. And it causes anxiety in our lives. So that's one definition. It means to be pulled in different directions. Here's another one. It means to be tied in knots. 
Now, we just talked about this. Physically, what happens to your body when you're anxious? How many people said, my stomach feels like it's tied in knots right now? It's an emotional, mental issue that comes out in your body. And that's the feeling that it gives you. You ever felt that feeling in your stomach? Tied in knots. That's another word from the Greek that gives this definition for anxious or anxiety. It means you're tied in knots. You're all tied up. And you know you felt like that before. When you're dealing with anxiety, your emotions and your mental state, you feel like you're tied up and you can't get out of it. It even comes out physically in your stomach. Stomach issues that you're dealing with because you're tied up. That's another word for being anxious. Here's another word that's used to strangle. That's what anxiety does. It's actually the same word that's used when we we talk about in the Gospels, the parable of the sower, when he says the cares of this world choke out the word in your heart. That's the same word that's used. That's what anxiety does. It comes, and just like it says in the parable of the sower, the cares or the worries or the anxiety of life comes and it chokes the word from being effective in your life. And I don't know about you, when you deal with anxiety, that's the way you feel. Sometimes you feel like you physically can't breathe because of anxiety. It's not just a mental, emotional condition. It comes out physically. That you can't breathe, you feel like you, 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 you can't get any air out. Because why? That's what anxiety does. It comes and it strangles you, it chokes you. Now here's something else that is interesting. Merimnate, a lot of times we'll get our English words from uh, Greek and Hebrew and other words that, that come from a long time ago, but they've used them today. Now marinate, that sounds like another word called marinate. Some of you know that word, marinate. And marinate, what it does is, um, let's just take barbecue, for instance. Can I get amen? Take barbecue. When you marinate something, it's pretty much, it sits in spices and all the rest of this stuff for hours and hours and hours. Now, what does it do that for? It's, it's sitting in there. It's steaming in there. It's taking up all that to the point it gets on the inside of it. And that's what happens when you're anxious. You think about something for so long, and you're freaking out about it for so long, and you're anxious about your marinating on it in your mind. And it's in there so long that what happens, what's outside gets on the inside. And it gets in you and it causes anxiety. Because you're thinking about it and you're letting your mind marinate in the wrong things. You're letting your heart marinate in the wrong things. And what happens? What's outside gets on the inside. Why? Because we spend our time just sitting, thinking, 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 thinking about the wrong things. And when we marinate in the wrong things, notice what happens. It gets on the inside of us and causes anxiety, depression, fear, worry. And notice... Not only does that destroy your heart and your soul, but it comes out in your physical body with physical issues. Are you guys getting any help this morning? And so it, it, that's another word that's used for anxious. Now, I love this. This is the, the New Living Translation. I'm just going to read it for you. It says, about the first part of this scripture, it says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. It says, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Meaning, the cure for anxiety and worry is to pray about it. Now don't let me oversimplify this this morning, but the cure for anxiety and worry is to pray about it. Is to talk to God about it. Not to think about it, but to pray about it. That's the cure For anxiety and depression. And in the New King James it says, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Mean, tell God what you need Him to do. And notice what will happen when we do that. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So if we want 
the cure for anxiety and depression and worry. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God. And notice what will happen. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. But notice, we all want peace in here. Every last one of us would say, we want peace in here. What's the answer? you got to talk to God about it. you got to give it to God. The answer is not just thinking more about it. The answer is not just talking more about it. It's talking to God about it is the answer. I wrote a couple questions down thinking about this message. Now, here's what I wrote down pertaining to this. Have you prayed about it as much as you've talked about it? All right. Here's another one. Have you prayed about it as much as you thought about it? Majority of people in here dealing with anxiety, the answer is no. You haven't. You've talked about it with all your friends. You've posted it on Facebook about your emotional state that day, which helps nobody, including yourself. Hello, somebody. It doesn't bring anybody else up. doesn't bring you up. It just makes everybody say, unfollow, thank you. Have you thought about it? Have you talked about it more than you prayed about it? That's probably why you're still dealing with it. I'm just talking real talk on a Sunday morning. Is that okay? I know in my own life when I deal with something ongoingly, especially when I was dealing with this with anxiety and depression, a lot of those days I was thinking a lot about it and I was even talking to people about it. And then at the end of the day I was like, yeah, why didn't I pray about that? Why do we always do that? I'm not just the only person that does that. You do it too. It's like at the end of the day, you're like, maybe I should have prayed about this. Why is that the last resort? Well, if, any, if everything else falls through, we'll just have to pray about it. You know, because I'm going to figure this out. And I'm going to just talk to people about it. And that's what's going to do it. No, it says... Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and sub Everything. Everything. Pray about everything. Everything that bugs you. Everything that you're fearful about. Everything you're worried about. Everything you get depressed about. Pray about everything. You want help? You're going to have to talk to God about it. We can't complain about what we're going through if we're not talking to God about it. Because he can't help us unless we ask him to help us. And God says, I want to give you this peace. I want to give you this joy. I want to help you out of anxiety. I want to help you out of depression. But I can't help you unless you give it to me. So have we prayed about it as much as we talked about it? Have we prayed about it as much as we thought about it? Probably not. We probably haven't. I know I haven't a lot of times. Like I said, you get to the end of the day and you're just like, man, I had a really bad day. I didn't pray one time about this. And I could have changed the entire course of my day if I would have just gave it to God in the morning. Because it's a promise in this word if we get into the presence of God and give our prayers and our fears, and our worries, and our anxieties to God. It says, the peace of God will come and help us. But notice, if we don't do that, the peace of God won't come into our life. So don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Be anxious for nothing. Now, it says, be anxious for nothing. Now, Paul wrote this to a church in Philippi. Now, when he wrote this, This is not just preacher talk. Because I know some of you think that. Because there is preachers that talk, a big talk, and it's like, okay, nobody lives up there. You don't live up there. Just shut up. No, I I didn't say that. But, you know, they, they do. They talk way up here. It's like, you don't live that, so why are you trying to tell people that's where you live at? Because you don't. You don't live that. 
And you could say this about this verse. Paul, be anxious for nothing? That's a big statement. It's kind of like, do your best. You're going to be anxious about a couple things, right? Paul, give us a little bit of slack. We are human. A little bit of fear, a little bit of worry. It's normal. But Paul says that you can be anxious for nothing. Not preacher talk, inspired by God. This is the real word of God. So if he says that you can do this, then you can do this. He says, be anxious for nothing. Instead, pray about everything. Now, when Paul writes this, he's in prison. Not in church. Not in a mansion. Not driving his donkey down the streets of Jerusalem. He's in prison. Now, we're not talking about American prisons. We're talking about thousands of years ago prisons, which are horrible. means that he's probably sitting in feces at the bottom of this dirty, nasty prison, writing, be anxious for nothing. And some of us American Christians want to start complaining about what we're worried and anxious about. Come on now, somebody. Sometimes we need a reality check and wake ourselves up. We live in the blessed, most blessed country on the planet. We have more blessings than we can ever imagine. We are literally in the 95, like the 5% top richest people on the planet just if you came to church this morning. And we're complaining about our lives and we're anxious about our lives when people are starving all over the planet, when people don't even have clean drinking water, they don't even have a house, and we're complaining about our life. Can I talk real on a Sunday morning? And we're saying, I'm anxious. I'm fearful. I'm worried. We got people living in war zones in Syria that have more joy and peace than you have right now. In southern Indiana, something's wrong with our perspective. Something's wrong with the way we view things. Paul, man of faith, in prison. Not a good place to be. Telling a church that's not in prison, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. So, I'm telling you, Paul was in prison, and he could say, I'm not anxious about anything. In prison. (laughs) Knowing that he could die anytime. They could go kill him anytime they wanted to, because they wanted to, and eventually he did get martyred. You could tell me that man of God was sitting in prison and he could still say, be anxious for nothing. I'm sitting here and I'm not worried about one thing. I'm not anxious about one thing. I'm not fearful about one thing. Why? Because he had made his request known to God. And notice the peace of God that passed all understanding passes your brain your mind, your intellect. The peace of God surrounded him in that prison where he could sit there and be in complete peace even if he knew he was going to get killed the next day. That's where God wants us to get to. I'm not saying I'm there because I'm not there. But I'm saying that's possible. So let's stop making excuses for our anxiety and our worry. Let's stop petting it. Let's stop talking about it let's stop thinking about it let's stop letting it be in our lives when we can deal with it and notice the answer and the cure for it is to give it to God it says let your notice your request be made known to God by prayer and supplication in thanksgiving and when we do that the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus Now, it says by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, meaning that when you pray, it's not just one of these flippant, yeah, God help me, all right, thank you, amen, bye. One of those morning on the way to work prayers. Now, God's merciful, he'll help you. But he's talking about somebody who's really heartfelt in praying here. Somebody with prayer and supplication, and it goes on and says, and with thanksgiving, so meaning you prayed for it, And you believe that you received what you prayed for, so now you're thankful about the answer that's coming to you. That's the next step. A lot of people pray about things, but notice if you're really in faith, it will go from prayer to thanksgiving. 
Because God, I just prayed this and I just asked this of you and now I'm thankful and I'm rejoicing. Why? Because I believe you heard me and I believe you're answering my prayer right now. That's what real believing prayer is. Not just God help me. Help those who help themselves. Okay, that's not a verse. That's not a verse. People pray stuff like that. But real believing prayer, that when you ask God something, you believe, no, he's answering my prayer right now. He's helping me right now. That's why I can be thankful about it. That's why I can rejoice about it. So it says, be anxious for nothing. Now, this word nothing, in the real meaning of it, means not even one thing. Nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Not even one thing. There should be nothing in our lives that we say, well, it's okay to be a little bit worried about. It's okay to be a little bit anxious about, you know, because we're only human and, you know, most people are anxious. Yeah, most people are. But I don't want to live that way. Because it always starts small, but then that anxiety and worry grows and grows and grows and grows. So if you put up with it when it's little, it will just keep growing. And it says, be anxious for nothing, not even one thing. Not even one thing. Be anxious for nothing. Now, before we go uh, to our next verse, I want to continue to talk about this a little bit more in Philippians 4. It says, be anxious for nothing. I'm going to talk a moment about the games that the, the enemy pl- tries to play with our minds. You know, as he gives us irrational anxiety, irrational fears, irrational worry, and a lot of us bite on it every time. Think about this verse this way, be anxious for nothing. How many of you have ever been anxious for nothing? Y'all picking up what I'm laying down? Anxious for nothing. Why? At the end of it, you're just like, I was upset for two weeks for nothing. Anybody ever been in that boat before? I was about to throw up every day of my life for the past two weeks for nothing. Freaking out for nothing. Losing sleep for nothing. Can't eat for nothing. Come on now, somebody. And that's the way the enemy plays with you for nothing anxious for nothing and we got to deal with these irrational fears and worries that we bite on all the time we take into our lives all the time now here's here's just something I was thinking about you know this is one thing with irrational fears and irrational anxiety let's just take people for instance let's just say somebody passed you in the hallway and, and you waved at them, or you smiled at them, and they really didn't see you, and they kept walking, and you're like, oh my gosh, they're mad at me. They don't like me anymore. And then you go a step further. Everybody at church hates my guts. Don't act like that's not the truth, because that's the road that the enemy will take you down. And by the end of the day, you think the entire church hates your guts because one person didn't even see you smile And you're anxious for nothing. And then when you talk to that person, they're like, no, I didn't even see you. I love you. You're my best friend ever. Isn't that the truth? Anxious for nothing. Sometimes we overthink stuff and the enemy helps us. Let's just say with your job. The boss calls you and says, I want to meet with you on Friday. Oh, God. (laughs) I want to meet with you on Friday. Is that okay? All week long. You're about to throw up. All week long, you can't eat your food. You can't enjoy a television show. You can't think. Your driving is messed up. You can't text anymore. You're freaking out. Anxious for nothing. And you're going through your mind thinking, what happened? Did I steal some staplers? Did I take that paper clip and I wasn't supposed to? All week long, freaking out. And then when you get to the the boss's office, he's like, no, I just want to say you're doing a great job. Doing an awesome job. I'm glad you're here. Glad you're working for me. 
anxious for nothing. This is hitting a little bit too close to home this morning. Anxious for nothing. Your health. Now, this is the worst. You have a physical condition. Let's just say your toe is throbbing. Now, you, not being intelligent, look it up on WebMD, which is the dumbest thing you could ever do. So if you look up your toe throbbing on WebMD, it will give you the most nasty, worst terminal disease. You're going to die in two days via WebMD. Anxious for nothing. Isn't that the truth? Physical conditions are the worst because the enemy just play your, with your mind. You got this, you got this, you got this, you got this. WebMD doesn't help either. Like, well, I got a toothache. They're like, well, you're going to have to take all your teeth out, and this is the worst, most horrible disease you can have. And it's just like, no, you just need to brush your teeth a little bit better. It's not, it's not even a disease. Anxious for nothing. Can I be honest with you for a second? You know, when I was dealing with some of that, now my sister had a brain tumor. And, you know, she had surgery. She, she got on the other side of it. But when I was dealing with that, and I was going through a lot of anxiety, which ultimately a lot of these physical issues, notice they were coming from anxiety and depression. But I was having the worst headaches of my entire life. The worst headaches. And one day I did go to the emergency room because my headache was that bad. And I thought, like, my head's just going to explode because it hurts so bad and so intense. And this went on for months and months and months. Guess what the enemy told me? You got a brain tumor. Just like your sister does. That's what he told me. Anxious for nothing. Freaking out. Because notice the enemy's feeding you that. Well, your sister had a brain tumor. Your head's hurting really bad for months. It's not stopping. You probably have a brain tumor too. I'm talking honest on a Sunday morning. Are you okay with that? That was real fear that was going on in my life for months. And I was buying it because it kept hurting and hurting and hurting. And my headaches get worse and worse and worse. And thinking, man, I got a brain tumor too. I didn't say that to anybody. But notice those are thoughts from the enemy in your soul. Then I went and got an x-ray, and my brain is fine, of course. There's like, you don't have a brain, actually. No. They're just like, um, they looked at my brain. They were like, your brain is absolutely normal. Stop freaking out. You don't have anything wrong with you. I'm like, but yes, I'm having these horrible headaches. No, it's because the root of that, coming from an anxious, worried heart. That's just a personal example for me. In all those months, I mean, sometimes I would just think about it and just start getting a cold sweat. Because that's real life. I mean, I saw my sister get a brain tumor and go through surgery and then the recovery process. And that was a horrible experience to see. Now, God helped her and God healed her. But thinking, well, I'm going to have to do the same thing. The whole time, months and months and months of being tormented. Anxious for nothing. You guys getting something this morning? And that's the way the enemy does it. A lot of times the anxiety and worry and stress we have is, it's nothing. It doesn't feel nothing to us. (laughs) But later on when we look back at our life ago, what was I thinking? It's for nothing. Now I want to talk about the peace of God. It says that, our request would be made known to God and the peace of God that passes all understanding would guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So it says when we give this anxiety or worry to God and we pray in faith, it's a promise that God's peace will come and it surpasses all understanding, meaning it's beyond what you can think in your own mind. And... His peace will guard our hearts and our minds because that's where we need protection from the enemy through Christ Jesus. 
we will, he will guard. Now, Paul is being locked away in prison, being guarded by Roman officers, so he knows a little bit uh, something about people guarding something. And he talks about here that the peace of God would, in one way, surround your heart and your mind. I just like thinking about that. You just need to think about that. The peace of God surrounding your heart and your mind with his peace. Meaning that you could get to a place that anxiety, worry, fear is trying to get into your heart and mind. And they can't even get in. Because the peace of God is guarding your heart and mind. Now that's what the word of God says. So that means we can all have that in here. Don't one of you think in your head, no, I can't have that. That's just preacher talk. No, that's what the word of God says. I know my sister, when she says she was going through, um, the night before she went to brain surgery, she said that her and Jacob were laughing that night. That they had prayed about it, and she could only describe it in this verse because she said, I experienced this verse in real life. We prayed about it, we gave it to God. She was having brain surgery the next day, and all she could say was, I couldn't worry if I wanted to. Why? Because this verse is true. And what happened to Jessica was this the peace of God. It passes all understanding. The peace of God that passes all understanding. It says it will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Meaning, if anxiety and worry even try to get in, they can't even get in. We can live there. I'm not saying I live there every day because I don't. But I'm saying it's available for us because God said it was. And we can get to a place where we could be facing the toughest times in our life. And notice the peace of God is guarding our heart and our mind where we couldn't worry even if we wanted to. That anxiety can't even get in because the peace of God has surrounded us like a shield. Where thoughts of worry and doubt and unbelief and fear can't get in. You guys getting something this morning? A couple more verses and we're going to close. You don't have to turn here, but in Matthew 6, I encourage you guys to read this when you have time. In Matthew 6, it's Jesus talking about don't worry. And Jesus talks about don't worry about anything. Don't worry about what you'll eat. Don't worry about what you'll drink. Don't worry about what you'll wear. Because your Father in heaven knows you have need of these things. And if he will take care of the birds, he'll take care of you. If he takes care of all of creation, and if you go outside and you look, all the trees, all the grass, all the flowers, everything, if he clothes them, how much more will he clothe us? That whole chapter is talking about all of our basic needs that a lot of us get worried and anxious about. And he says, don't worry about it. Because, why? Your Father in heaven knows you have need of these things. And it says, and when we ask Him, He'll meet our needs. When we ask Him, the peace of God will come in our life. In this passage in Matthew 6 He's not giving us a suggestion, don't worry. He's commanding us, don't worry. See, a lot of times we read the Bible like that. Like, that's a good thought. That's a good idea. No, he says, don't worry. That's, that's a command. Not a suggestion like, hey, you know, if you get around to it, don't worry. No, he says, don't worry. Why? Because he knows how much it will harm you. It will harm your soul, but it will harm your body. God doesn't want us to worry. And he said, there's no reason to. Why? Because your Father in heaven loves you and wants to care for you. And he's got everything worked out for you. He's got provision for your needs. He's got clothes for your back. 
There's a God in heaven that loves you, so we don't need to worry about it, but we need to give it to God. In reality, when we are anxious about certain things, in that moment, we really don't believe that God is going to help us. One of these books I was reading about anxiety and depression, this guy said, anxiety is temporary atheism. For that specific moment when we're freaking out about something, truly in our hearts, we're not believing that there's a God that's going to help us. Because if we did, we wouldn't feel that way or think that way. So ask yourself next time when anxiety comes up in your heart. No, there's a God in heaven and he'll help me and he loves me. And anything I'm dealing with or going through, he's greater, he's stronger, he's mightier. He's got the answers. So when we are anxious and worried about our life, it's really temporary atheism. We really don't believe that God is real and that God's going to help us. This is the last verse, 1 Peter 5 and 7 in the Amplified. Let me read it for you. It's up here. 1 Peter 5 and 7. It says, cast all your cares. Listen in the Amplified. All your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on Him. For, notice, God cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. Casting all your cares, all your anxieties, not part of them, all of your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on Him, for He cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. Bruce, come up here. I'm using you for an object lesson. Now, I got a basketball. Now, this is because I just bought a basketball hoop for my office because ball is life. And I'm a baller to the day I die. So, you can stay right there. Okay. Let's act like you're God, which is a stretch. <laughs> um, hold on, I need my verse. You got to keep the verse up there. There we go. Okay. So it says, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries. Now, that's what prayer is. Prayer is casting. Casting all your cares, all your anxieties. Tell God your anxieties and what you're dealing with. Your worries, your concerns. Notice, once and for all on Him, for He cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. So, it says casting. Now, I fish too, part-time. I'm a part-time fisherman. It's been a long time. Now, for safety reasons, I didn't bring a fishing pole with a hook. You're welcome. But another word for casting could be throw. Throw all your cares on God. Throw all your anxieties on God. Throw all your worries on God once and for all, for He cares for you. Notice... And that's where the peace comes. Let's just say this is the anxiety I'm dealing with. You're God. You look good. It says throw. I'm not going to throw it hard. (laughs) So when I pray to God, this is my anxiety. Now if I have this in my hand, I can't be at peace. Because I have it. Cast all your cares on Him, for He cares for you. You ready, God? Come on, let's give him a round of applause for that. Good catch. See, I could preach on that. When you throw it to God, God will catch it for you. Okay. Um, And he never drops. Okay. That was was my Pastor Keith impersonation. So if I casted it to God, if I thrown it to God, that means I don't have it. So I have peace. Now, this is what we do. We cast it to God, and then later on the, in the day, we start thinking about it. We start talking about it. And then we walk away and say, you know what? I thought I gave that to God earlier. I don't know why I'm upset. Because you took it back. The thing is, either you can have it, 
or God can have it, but you both can't have it. So you've got to decide. Either you want to keep it or you can give it to God, but you're both not sharing. But that's what we do. We cast it to God. I feel better. I feel some peace. But later on in the day, something happens. You start thinking about it. You start talking about it with somebody. You're in peace, and then you wonder, man, I'm upset again. That's why it says, cast all your cares and concerns once and for all. It means once you throw it to them, don't go get it back. Once you throw it to them, let them have it. I love that the Amplify says, don't just throw it to them, but throw it to them once and for all. Because he realizes if you go pick it back up, you're going to be anxious again. You're going to be worried again. You're going to be freaking out again when you gave it to God earlier in the day and you were at peace. And God says, I want you to be in peace all day long in your whole entire life, but you got to throw it to me, and then you got to leave it with me. Once and for all. Once and for all. Thank you. Let's give him a round of applause. So we got to cast our cares, our throw our cares on God because he cares for us. And notice, and when we do it, if we want to stay in peace, we got to leave it with him. Once and for all. And let me tell you something about this. You have to learn how to do this. This is not something that you're good at the first time you do it. I'm not good at this still. Dad's a lot better than I am at this. But notice, when you do that, our temptation is always to go get it back. You feel good for a couple hours. You gave it to him, but then you go get it back. You start thinking about it, start talking about it. If we want to live in peace instead of anxiety, we're going to have to give it to God. And not just give it to him for a temporary period of time, but give it to him once and for all. And notice when we do that, just like it says in Philippians, these scriptures go right together. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. My heart for this message is that we have a church that we live in peace. We live in this kind of peace. We don't let these anxieties and worries and fears keep us down the rest of our life, but knows we cast it, we throw it on God, and He's able to handle it. It doesn't matter what you say to God. He's not like, oh my gosh, I'm shocked. He can handle what you have to say. And what you give it to him, leave it there once and for all. And that's when the peace of God comes. You guys get something this morning? Let's close our eyes and bow our heads for a moment.